You're listening to Damage Boost, the best gaming podcast you've ever heard, as long as you've never heard another gaming podcast. On the show, I'll be talking to other players, streamers, artists, and creators about what makes gaming more than a hobby, but a beautiful art and an activity that brings together communities around the world. Let's jump into it. everybody, welcome to Damage Boost. I'm your host, Brock Holiday, And today with me I have Chari5, someone I've been following for quite a while. How are you doing today? I'm doing alright, Brock. How are you doing? You know what? After all our audio stuff, I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's true. <laughs> so today, um, we're going to talk a little bit about video games, a little about you. First question I want to ask, uh, for someone who's never seen your channel before, or know who you are, that you have to sell yourself to them. How would you sell your channel uh, and your content to them if they've never seen you? Be- oh, anything boy. you've done before? Um, it's kind of a that's that's a bit of a toughie because uh, the stuff I do isn't inherently original. But um, if you're someone who is interested in seeing someone tackle video game stories. And, you know, point out stuff that might not make a whole lot of sense, but still give you a good laugh without, like, being too, uh, you know, full of information, uh, still kind of funny, someone who, you know, cares about story in video games, then, you know, maybe check my stuff out. Uh, I do um, stream sometimes where it's just me or sometimes my co-host playing. Um, I think that that's mostly probably what I'd sell, mostly uh, just... Uh, the fact that I do streams, not so much the everything wrong with stuff, because that that that's kind of hard to sell. Because it's like, oh, uh, tackling video game stories, what does that even mean? Um, but I don't know, you know, like I I like to consider myself someone who is kind of funny. <laughs> so if you like having a good time and having a laugh, maybe that's something you'd be interested in. And I think I could probably deliver on that. <laughs> um, yeah, prob- I, that's probably what I'd say. I I, I don't know if that's too uh, not confident enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, especially your streams uh, with your uh, voice acting talent. <laughs> I, as soon as I click or I start watching, I'm like, <laughs> it's just so much fun. And I don't know how you don't destroy your voice when you do like a three hour Persona 5 it, stream and you're doing all these voices. I'm like, I don't know how he's, you're going nonstop. I don't know how you do it. Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I think it it might just be the years of practice. Cause it, it's funny you you were saying, and I don't know if, if if I can say this, but you you said like right before we started, right before we got everything sorted out, um, you mentioned that you hated the thing you hated the most about editing these is that you hate listening to the sound of your own voice, um, which I, I I followed up with I completely understand what you mean <laughs> because I when I was a kid I felt the exact same way. I remember there there was this one time. Um, that my mom doesn't let me live down, by the way. Um, I was at a friend's house uh, when I was a kid, and uh, I was a very anxious kid, so I got I got scared about a lot of stuff. Uh, my parents were late to pick me up, so I my mind immediately wandered to the worst possible thing that could have happened. Oh no! Um, so I called home. No one picked up, so I had to like leave a message on the answering machine. Um. Uh, mom, dad, I'm here at blah, blah, blah's house. Uh, you know, where are you? Come pick me up. Um, so they, they did go pick me up. They were, they were a little late. I don't remember why. Uh, we get home. I see, I I don't know what my obsession was with always like listening to messages on the answering machine. I guess I was just fascinated with that. So I hear my own message and I start freaking out because I I recognize the words, but I don't recognize the voice. I'm just like, who's that? And my parents tell me, like, that's you. And I'm like, no. And, like, I start crying because I'm like, that's not me. What do you mean that's me? So I've I've always – and it's funny, too, because, like, I I listen back to to clips from when I was a kid. Well, not necessarily a kid, but younger. Um, And I'm always like, man, do I really sound that high-pitched and kind of, like, whiny? (laughs) Um, I don't know. You you get used to your voice, and I think – um, I didn't talk much as a kid, uh, but I, I guess I've always been 
talking to myself in a way, which is why I think maybe I have that stamina when it comes to being able to do these voices and being able to do like a lot of professional voice actors, they can go on for hours uh, and they need to like rest their, their, their voices for like an hour or so, like every four hours. But like, I could, I could just keep going uh, mostly because I, I guess I just have the practice. I don't know. What, what was the journey like? Uh, you're saying that at first you're like, Oh my God, this is me. I, why is this me? <laughs> and now you're, you know, you have projects going on. Um, I saw on, I think it was on Twitter. You uh, did something today, uh, yes. a project you're working on. Yes. So how did that journey, how did you discover that, you know, you had this talent and then, you know, how that lead to what you're doing now? Well, first off, thank you for calling it a talent. Um, <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> would agree with you, but I don't, I don't like to be that, um, you know, big about myself, but thank you. Um, it's, it, it, I think it also did start with the whole hating my voice thing. I've, I've always been someone who's enjoyed much like I think anybody else in the world. Uh, I enjoy singing. I don't know if I'm very good at it. People say I am. I, I don't 100% agree with that. I listen back to myself and I'm like, ah, oh, God, this sucks. Um, but it, I don't, I don't really remember where my fascination with voice acting started. Um, I, it must have been around the time I started doing stuff on YouTube, uh, and I started making my own video. This was back in like 2008 when I started like doing my own videos, like in Movie Maker and stuff. And um, I think it also has, it's also rooted in like my animations because when I made those animations, like the the characters needed a voice. And you know, in, in movie right. in movie maker, you could. Uh, you, it's so dumb. Like in movie maker, it's it's the most um, it's the most common denominator, I guess, because you can only have one video track, one audio track, and that's it. Like, I don't know how I'd be able to manage with that today. I would not be able to. But like my, I knew that my characters needed voices and sound effects and stuff. So like, I I would do that because I didn't know how to download stuff from the internet at the time. Uh, or how to use that, or where to go, where to find. So I think that's where I started, and I realized, like, man, this is kind of fun. It's fun to... Um, actually, I've been doing voice work technically for longer, because, and I love kind of telling the story, because um, when I was a kid, I never knew what I wanted to be. I never... Everyone was like, I want to be a firefighter, or I want to be a policeman, I want to be a teacher, and I was just like... <laughs> I have no idea what I want to be. <laughs> like, I, I, I just had no idea. I'd like no nothing that I thought was a passion or something that I, I saw myself being. Uh, an artist wasn't really a thing that I knew could be a job when I was a kid. But when I was in, I want to say third grade, second or third grade, um, we were doing a play for school of the Polar Express, uh, the Polar Express, and I wasn't one of the actors. Um, myself and I think three other kids, um, we were chosen to be narrators of the story uh, because our reading level was higher than a lot of the other kids at the school. And my mom always t taught my sister and myself to speak, not speak, uh, to read at a younger age. And I think that might have helped. And that was the first time I ever really did anything voice related because the, the audience can see me. I was behind a... I was behind the curtain and I just had like the microphone in front of me. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. But like it, it was, it's something that doesn't even cross your mind. Like, oh, this is voice acting or this is, you know, voiceover work. So I think that that was like the first time I ever did anything more like seriously with, with the voice stuff. And then, like I said, with um, animations on YouTube and stuff, like I, I, I got a knack for it and I, um, a lot of voice actors also mention that their families do stuff, and I've I've noticed it more and more. Like, my parents would always do impressions of 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 people. Like, oh, I was talking to so and so, and and they were, and they said, oh, this, this, that. Like, they they do a voice for it. And I think maybe <laughs> yeah. th that's where I got it from. And then I listen to my my dad's father, and he does the same thing. So I'm like, oh, I guess it just runs in the family. They just never really, they never did anything with it, but they've always been doing impressions. And I think maybe that's where it started too, because um. In my older animations, I, I would need, like, uh, I, I used to do, like, a lot of Sonic stuff. So um, I would sort of study, like, oh, how how does Ryan Drummond do it? How does Jason Griffith do it? Because that was all we had at the time. Um, so, yeah, I, w I would absolutely, like, uh, imitate the voices and, and try to do my best. Like, I sucked at it. <laughs> um, and I, I would argue I still do. But, you know, and then, wow, you know, you have Jason Griffith who has this, this, and that. And you start, like, dissecting 
they go up and down, up and down. You start dissecting voices. And I, I found that so fascinating. And I think that's what got my passion into it. Just the more, I guess, technical side of uh, not just the voice, but also the acting, uh, what makes a voice what it is, uh, why does sometimes acting suck? Why does it sometimes not? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's mostly where it's gotten. And, and now I'm I'm doing my first ever big, quote-unquote, big project for, for a game. And it's cool. <laughs> How much of that can you talk about? I am curious. I'm excited for you. So I want to, as much as you can give us, uh, I don't, obviously don't get fired. Right, right. No, no, no. I mean, as, I, as much as I can get from you, I would love to hear about the it. The job is done. Like, <laughs> I recorded my stuff. Uh, actually, I don't, I don't know how much I'm able to talk about it. But I, like, obviously I'm not going to spoil, like, the game. But uh, I think... I think I can talk about it enough because there there is a trailer out for it. It's called Remember When. It's being developed by Arrow Games, who are a small um, studio of like eight people. They're based in Scotland, and uh, they're doing this be- uh, for their university project. They're in their third year of university, um, and the story of Remember When Remember When centers around a couple: um, Sarah, played by Conley. Wenley, I want to say her name is. I might be getting, I know her name is Conley. I don't remember what her last name is. Um, so she's playing. She's a. She's an actress based out of L.A. She's playing Sarah, who is uh, the woman in the relationship, and I'm playing Noah, who is the man in the relationship. Uh, we're we're the main characters, and basically the game is sort of a. It's it's more of a narrative driven game. It it centers around like their story, like how. Um, what their first date was, um, meeting, uh, the girlfriend's parents, getting married and, you know, that, that whole like journey and how, you know, my character Noah gets more and more confident, uh, the type of person Sarah is and how she helps him become a better person because of it. Uh, it's a very, it's a very cute little story. And, you know, I, I, I do hope that it gets a little bit of attention just because I think that it's, it's one of those short games, you know, that, that I think yeah. could, could get grab people's attention, even though it doesn't have a lot of, uh, gameplay or nothing really, I guess, um, groundbreaking gameplay wise. It is still a story that's like, Oh, okay. That, that was, that was something I'm interested in. And we can, they, they, they made a joke about like game theory and I'm like, Oh, I can totally see, like, I, I'm not going to get into what the theory is, but I can totally see like people picking apart, like, Oh, well, why this or what that, you know, the, the little things, but yeah, like it, it's, it's, it's nothing humongous, but it is, it is still like a milestone for me. So when you're recording these lines as a, a voice actor and an actor, do they give them to you? Uh, I guess it'd be linear linearly like from beginning to end or you just record certain scenes and how how do you prepare yourself for like you're saying that he he grows more confident Mm -hmm. through it well you know if you're recording in the middle how do you know you know convey that and then you're recording the end or beginning how how do you know the you know change your voice or you know the volume or anything like that uh, the way they handled it was they, they gave us the scripts in advance, which is a great thing because, um, and I don't know how many people do this, but I, I think that if, if you're looking to get into voice acting, you should, um, you should definitely go over the script. They gave us, uh, my character script, uh, my, my co, um, stars script, I guess, uh, and the master script, the master script containing like every single line said by every character, every scenario and everything. Whereas our individual scripts contain only our lines and, like, directions where need be. Um, we recorded it linearly. We, uh, I don't know if linearly is a word, but we, we, we recorded it, like, from, yeah. from, be- <laughs> from beginning to end, um, starting from the first scene and ending with the last scene. Uh, I know that that's not how it's always done, but um, I think it's a good way to do it because that way, like you said, you get a better feel of, like, okay, I can start out one way and then my performance gets stronger as we go on because otherwise... I mean, it, it takes a great and a really experienced actor to to be able to, you know, start from the middle and be like, oh, I'm excited or terrified, and then go to the start and be like, oh, I'm a little bit more shy, and then go to the end where it's like, I'm confident and stuff like that. Um, so I, the way we did it was linear, uh, and there was a lot, there was direction. Uh, the way I prepared for the character and knowing like their motivation and you know their confidence and all that. 
Uh, I read the script last night because I, I've been so busy that I haven't had the chance to read it, but I, I, I read it last night. I understood the character. I understood um, Sarah's character as well. Uh, I knew what their relationship was. I knew the situations that I was going to be put in. I knew what I was going to be ha- having to say. So that that sort of prepared me to know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I, like I said, I think linear is the best way to go with that because otherwise it it just becomes confusing, I think, personally. We're talking a little bit about, you know, you discovering your voice, uh, your your love for, you know, voice acting and acting. When you started doing those videos for YouTube, the very first ones, when did you realize it was a legitimate option to become uh, an artist that can make money off of YouTube videos? I never really thought about it. I knew it was a thing you could do. I knew that there were people, you know, like pretty much some of the first YouTubers out there, um, namely Smosh. I knew that these people did it as sort of a job, and I knew that I didn't know how it worked, but I knew that they did it. And I never really thought of YouTube as like, oh, I'm gonna. I, I never set it as a goal, you know. I never, I never said to myself, mm-hmm. I'm gonna become a YouTuber. I, I mostly thought like, oh, this is a cool hobby. I want to put my stuff out there, and I want people to enjoy it. And that, that's still my philosophy today. Like, I don't think of it as. I try not to think of it as a job because if I do. I'd hate myself because <laughs> uh, my upload schedule is very inconsistent, and that's mostly my fault because I'm overly ambitious at times. But um, I think the the moment um, that I started taking it seriously and as a more viable option as an actual career and as something that I can do, and like you said, uh, and I appreciate that you that you mentioned it more as an artistic thing more than like a YouTuber thing. Um, it was around. It was in 2014. The thing was, I was in my last year of high school. Um, I knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to study animation. Uh, and I I still live in Mexico, but I was also living in Mexico at the time. And I was looking at schools in the United States. And I found one that I wanted to go to that uh, is a very well-known art school. And because of the arts, as far as I can understand, um, art degrees are still very expensive. Um yes. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And it was just the it was really not the money that my parents had, mostly because they didn't really think I'd want to go back and they didn't really know. And I mean, I don't really know either how like thing my situation would work, you know, being an American citizen living in another country, but also wanting to having studied most of my life in this other country, wanting to go back. And like we we tried exploring like um, a scholarship uh, scholarship options, stuff like that, and uh, they just seemed too complicated for what it was, you know, being a citizen and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the point was that, like, we visited the school, they gave us information, it was way too much money, we couldn't afford it, and it was like a trip, it was a trip around, actually it was around this time, uh, five years ago. God, I've been doing this for five years. Uh, it was around this time five years ago, we went to that school in the States, my mother and I, and then we, on the flight back to Mexico, so I could, because uh, I took like a few days off of school for that, um, I get contacted by by Channel Frederator, who is a, you know, you might recognize the name Frederator from, from cartoons, uh, yeah. Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, you know, stuff like that. A lot of Butch Hartman stuff. Um and, you know, they're still in, in business today. And what Channel Frederator was, uh, or still is, it's a multi-channel network. And what that is, is it's it's a network that gathers a bunch of uh, YouTube channels and they pretty much manage your channel. Um, so they allow you to make ad revenue on YouTube through them. And they give you certain benefits that, honestly, I don't really recommend. You know, like, if you're starting out, sure, but, you know... Once you reach a certain level, it's like you probably don't want it because they're not helping you out too much. Uh, but don't mm-hmm. don't tell anyone I told you that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, and so they contact me, and they 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 I guess seen some some of my animations. Someone there must have, and they asked me like, "Oh, do you want to come on board for this?" And I thought about it because like I'd never done something like that on YouTube before. Uh, I had been jo- asked to, or I'd been offered, I had been given the opportunity to get an AdSense account, but I didn't know the legal, like it was a whole legal thing where I needed to sign a document and 
you know, the internet is a sketchy place and I didn't know, like, right. do I want to sign this? And now I know I should have, but back then I didn't really know. So when I, when I saw this opportunity from Frederator, which was a studio I love, um, I jumped at the opportunity and I was like, wow, this is legit. I could like be making cartoons for, for this. And unfortunately it was the same year that YouTube changed the algorithm and screwed animators over completely. So that sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but during that trip, like I, I, I figured like, okay, maybe I can make money off of this, but, uh, it's whatever, you know, like that, that's just a cool extra. I'm still going to go to school. Um, after I graduate from high school, uh, I'm looking for jobs, and I'm very stubborn. I'm a very stubborn person. Uh, anyone that knows me will tell you this. I was looking for a job, but not just any job, something that specifically had to do with art, because I figured, okay, uh, college is off the table for right now. I don't want to go to school for art in Mexico, because animation sc- animation in Mexico sucks, straight up. It's, it's awful, it's cheap. <laughs> Um, very few animation productions in Mexico have been good in my opinion. So it's like, I don't want to go to a school where I'm going to be taught the cheapest way to make animation. Um, so I'm going to take a sabbatical, whatever. I'll find a job. I'll work that job, but I want that job to have something to do with art. So like, I, I applied to different places, places that needed like graphic design, stuff like that. Uh, I was already sort of proficient with computers more, uh, more than most people here are, um, and so I figured, like, this is something I can do. No one got back to me. There was one shoe company who figured, like, okay, you can work for us for a while. The pay was all right, especially for someone my age. But the thing was, the hours were awful. Uh, I had very little time to rest. I would be working six out of seven days. Uh, and so I figured, nope, not doing that. And I fell into a slump. 2014 was one of the worst years of my life <laughs> um, for various reasons, not just that. Um, and I won't get into all the details, but it's, it's not a, the only reason I look back on that year fondly is because it was the year that I started making everything wrong with. And when we came back from that trip to go check out that college, um, I discovered, uh, two, two channels that I fell in love with because of their, like it it had made me laugh like nothing else had in a while. Uh, screen junkies with their honest trailers and cinema sins with everything wrong with. And because I just recently watched the movie frozen for the first time, uh, I watched, uh, both their videos on frozen and they had me in stitches. I was laughing my ass off with them. And, um, I figured like, Oh, I could do a parody of that. Like no one really watches my stuff, but if I put this name on it, maybe people will be interested. Like it was, it was, I always describe it as a social experiment because that's kind of what it was. And that year I, my mother had helped me purchase a Wii U because Sonic Lost World had just come out. And it was such a bizarre experience for me. Um, (laughs) I, it was a functional game. Like I, I couldn't find reasons to hate it, but I didn't like it. And and it frustrated me because I'm like, I don't know why I don't like this game. <laughs> like, I just know that I don't. <laughs> um, and so that's, that was the first, uh, technically parody I ever did was the, um, honest trailer for Sonic Lost World where like I, I make fun of it and everything. And then I, it started to get a little bit of attention. Um, people started to notice it more people said that they liked it that it was funny i'm like wow this, this is great i made um i made one more for mario sunshine i made one more for luigi's mansion because it was halloween and then the fourth one was a shadow the hedgehog one but i figured shadow the hedgehog story is such a mess <laughs> i need to do something else along with it like i'm not just going to do an honest trailer i'm going to do an everything wrong with on this on this game too And, uh, it was probably one of the worst videos, uh, I've ever had the displeasure of making. Uh, it was a week straight of, of nothing but editing. The quality was awful. Vegas kept crashing on me. Um, the sin counter and the subtitles were a nightmare to do. Um, and I'm so glad that the process is updated now because I would, I remember saying like, I never want to do this again. But then it started just getting so much attention. It got, like, 
I don't know, more views than any video I'd ever had at the time. Um, and it initially, much like today, so I guess not much has changed, it had a very negative reception at first. So that started getting, it started getting traction, started getting more popular. And that's when I broke like my first threshold to, to make money. And then I figured like, huh, I can keep doing this. <laughs> and it, it might, it might sound scummy. It might sound scummy that like, oh, you're stealing somebody else's content. It's like, it's really just taking the formula. But in reality, I'm the one that gets the footage for the video. I make the subtitles. I write the jokes. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm just doing what they do, but in my own style. I always made it a point to say like, this is them. This is their thing. Yeah. I'm not taking credit for it. I'm not saying this is my property. If you don't, and that's another thing. If you don't know their style of humor, their sense of humor, watch them first. Otherwise you're going to hate me, but people don't like to listen and they hate me anyway. So one of the things that, uh, like I will always respect and I'm always going to follow you because of this is how open you are about certain uh, mental health things. Mm-hmm. I am about what, six, seven years older than mm-hmm. you. And when I was growing up, mental health was still, is it, I, I guess stigma would be the word. Yeah. It just was like, you didn't talk about it. Like there wasn't mental, we knew of mental disorders blah 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 but it was more like you need to get over it type right of deal, right or you need it, to figure your shit it, out especially um, in like it's not cases of anxiety it's especially that because like yes. it, in, in our time when we grew up it was like oh mental disorders are like schizophrenia and like stuff along those lines where it's like oh you yeah, you're you're, you're you're a very disturbed individual um you know we didn't consider anxiety depression stuff like that we didn't consider those technically as mental illnesses we were just like oh walk it off you know like like you said you know get over it i am so happy that there's a generation of kids coming up and even like you like me being older than you it's still inspirational to me to see you be like hey i feel this way yeah you might feel this way and that's okay you know here are the things you can do to try to get help or work through it but just know it's not just you. It's, you know, all of us have something. And I, I don't mean to get all kind of sappy. No, no. It, I mean, I, I think I'm about like, to, so <laughs> feel free. <laughs> you, you know, my kids, I, I again, you know, I don't want to keep harping on the dad thing, but I know they're watching people that see them as people, you know, that they're going to be like, oh, well. I feel sad or anxious sometimes. And he said he does too. Mm-hmm. You know, that means a lot to people. And, you know, I can't thank you enough oh, for that. Absolutely. Well, uh, to abruptly segue to things that are sure. not shitty. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm great at these. Uh, pro podcaster here. Um, something I wanted to talk about is the formation of Minus World. Um, sure. Which is... Something I think has been great for all of you. Absolutely. Uh, I had talked about my, uh, I guess, my five degrees of Kevin Bacon, except for, I guess we'd call it Nathaniel Bandy because I started (laughs) with him. I found him, you know, and then discovered you in D-pad, and then through Minus World, that's where I, I actually never heard of uh, SMG4, Mm -hmm. uh, who apparently is huge. (laughs) You know, I I had never heard of him. or Hobo Bros. Uh, um, there's uh, I'm not as familiar with uh, some of the others, but like Swanky mm-hmm. Box and the, and through Minus World and uh, my my personal favorites the Ten uh, V Ones. Oh, and Simple right. Flips. I had never heard of until Minus World, and it's awesome to discover all these incredibly talented Absolutely, people yeah. through this. Um, uh, like. I'm trying to think of a way to kind of describe each of them, but like you guys all have, it's weird that organically you guys form like a Voltron. <laughs> like you all have this part that makes this machine work so right. perfectly, <laughs> but by yourselves, you're still super amazing at the same time. And it's super, you know, fierce and right. functional. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're great people. Um, 
Like I can rattle them all off. I I I always forget one. I don't know why. <laughs> like cause, cause there there are ten of us. Uh, it's funny you mentioned like you didn't know Hobo Bros. Hobo Bros was actually around the time that um, Minus World started uh, properly. Uh, they were kind of just starting up too. Uh, now they're sitting at around I think three hundred something subscribers. Not not three hundred something. Three hundred thousand something subscribers. Um, but right. when we started Minus World, they were approaching a hundred thousand i think uh, they might have had less than that but um yeah like i i remember telling nathaniel one time years ago that like oh dude we should do something like that we should do like uh, a normal boots style thing um with, like a, just a network of of creators and i think it, it could be good like, i think i actually originally proposed uh to do a, a multi-channel network which i talked about earlier um right. But no, that's just way too complicated a thing to do. So um, he talked to Hobo Bros, which is, you know, SMG4 and and his brother Kevin, uh, Kev Devs. You know, they, they got into talks. They they knew each other. I don't really know how, but they, they, they knew each other. Um, they knew a bunch of us. Like, Nathaniel knew me. He knew Tetra. He knew Simple Flips. Uh, I think he might have known Swanky as well. I think he knew D-Pad. Um, so, he, like, they all... Um, we all got contacted by them and said like, oh, we're thinking about doing this thing. Are you interested? Um, and it might as, it, like, it was, in an in, it was in its infant stages with the 10v1s. Uh, we started doing that um, on and off. You know, like, I wasn't part of all of them, but I was, I, I want to say most of them. I, I could be wrong about that, but um, that wasn't specifically Minus World yet. Uh, it, it became that later on. Uh, and, and the process was funny. Like, we were just trying to figure, like, we were sort of weird around each other at first. I feel like as anyone is, um, cause we didn't, not all of us knew each other. Like, Oh, I know you, I I've seen your stuff. I'm pretty sure I'd seen like all of their stuff at some point. Uh, at least one video of, of, of theirs. Um, can I ask you one quick question about that? Sure. So you're saying how you're kind of awkward around each other. If you haven't seen another creator's content in that setting, but you're talking to them, What's the protocol? Do you kind of be like, oh, I you, do you lie that you've seen it? Do you just kind of <laughs> dance around it? What's what's no, what's that like? No, I mean, like? I feel like the I feel like the best thing to do is just be honest about like what you haven't haven't done. Like, um, I don't know. I, I I really feel like none of them had seen. Like, I'm sure some of them at least had seen some of my stuff, but like. I, I wouldn't be offended if some of them were like, oh, I've never heard of you before. It's just like, ah, I don't blame you. <laughs> like, the internet is huge, and, like, we don't all watch, you right. know, all the content. Um, like, SMG4, I I know I'd seen... I hadn't really seen a video, but I'd heard of him. I was like, oh, you're, like, that really big Mario creator uh, who does, like, the 3D animations. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever... Like I said, I didn't... Uh, I, I hadn't ever watched one of his videos, but, like, I knew of him. Uh, Nathan and I have been friends for a couple of years. Um, I had seen one of Tetra's, um, like it was like, it was one of his glitch videos, uh, way back when, uh, I, when it came to D pad, I'd seen his like Sonic mania Easter eggs, uh, swanky box. I want to say it was one of the undertale ones, but I, I know I'd seen one. No, it wasn't. It was, it was something else about him that I'd seen. I, it might've been like a five nights at Freddy's thing. Um, Nico BBQ. I'd heard because of Nathan and I, they, they'd done collabs and you know, I'd, I'd seen like one or two of his videos before simple flips. I knew because I'm, I'm into speed running. I, I, I'm not a speedrunner myself, but I, I do enjoy that community. So like I'd heard the name tossed around a few times, like shout out to simple flips. Uh, so I knew the name. Um, and he, he actually kind of started making his own YouTube stuff too, uh, around the time minus world started. So I knew the name, um, I thought that was really exciting. I think the only one I didn't really know was Kevin because like Hobo Bros was again, sort of starting out. Um, and I didn't know enough about SMG4 to know that he worked in the background of, of, of SMG4. Um, I'm going to feel really crappy if I'm leaving someone out. Cause I always do. I've... So there, there's an unofficial roster, uh, in my Googling. <laughs> so I don't know the official, uh, the official team. I don't know. It wasn't something that we had planned out thoroughly. It would, it just sort of like happened organically. And, and I do feel, um, 
I feel honored. Like it, 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 it may sound cliche, but I, I, I do truly uh, feel glad and and a bit proud to to be a part of these big names, you know, um, because they're they're truly they're truly good people. They're they're great. They're they're fun to be around. They don't they're not you know dramatic. They don't really talk smack on each other or other people. They're just really wholesome guys, and you know we help each other out. Well, they mostly help us out, like the smaller ones. They help us out with like um, understanding sponsorships, and uh, if we have questions on a thumbnail, like "Oh, does this thumbnail look good?" Like we help each other out with stuff like that. It's great. It's awesome. So I'm gonna start hitting you with some just random questions now. Okay. Obviously, I I like to learn more about the person. So I'll start with a video game question. Okay. Favorite character, if you had to pick one. Oh man, favorite character in any video game? Right, and you have to pick one. Oh boy, that's hard. That's a tough one. Um I'm sure I have one. I'm sure I have like a favorite character in video games. Um I can simplify it a little bit for you. Let's okay. let's say more N- Nintendo-esque Sonic E type games. You don't have to go into ones with like deeper okay. deep deep story. Um huh. Let's see. You know, I I don't know if I'd say he's like my favorite video game character ever, but uh, I I really I really do enjoy Luigi. I think he's like probably one of, if not the most fleshed out uh, like Mario character that there is, and I think that there's a lot of value to that, especially since like he was he's always in like Mario Shadow and stuff. But like, especially with games like Luigi's Mansion, you get to see a lot of. Um, personality to him like how much he cares about mario you know how he can be brave even when he's terrified uh you know how he can be calm when things are cool like he can just whistle his theme song and i don't know i don't know i I think that this that's uh really luigi as far as i go is a very interesting character especially like in the in the paper mario series he's always like a hoot to talk to and you know you're right i don't know i love luigi he also has the far more superior uh, princess in Daisy. <laughs> Daisy, <laughs> yeah. Who I've named one of my cats after as well. Oh, that's adorable. Um, yeah, no, Daisy all the way over Peach every every day. <laughs> I know I, I completely agree about Luigi. Uh, I have twin boys, and one of them loves Mario, the other loves Luigi, and it makes me happy that somebody's in his corner. Yeah, I right. have a, ex- <laughs> a, a straight up just Luigi shirt that I wear all the time, and I'm very oh, proud of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, one of my only shirts that fit me since I put on so much weight. But that's neither here that's nor there. That's neither here nor there. That's true. <laughs> Next random question: favorite movie genre? <sighs> favorite movie genre. And then give me some movies you like out of that genre. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I've always, ever since I was a kid, I've been fond of comedy. Uh, Jim Carrey was always one of my favorites growing up. Uh, so we would watch a lot of like the mask, dumb and dumber, uh, liar, liar, Ace Ventura, like a lot of like his, his 90s <laughs> stuff. Like we would watch and it was, it was great. Um, as far as like favorite. Okay. This is not, uh, this is not a movie. Um, that I would say is one of my favorite comedy movies, but I th- I do think it's a very underrated movie, and it explains a lot of my um, sense of humor. <laughs> uh, it's a movie called Kung Pao: Enter the Fist. Um, oh my god! You know, I love you, Kung you, Pao. okay? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yes. It's a it's a movie starring Bob Odenkirk, not Bob Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk. Um, he he took footage from uh, an old, I want to say Chinese film, called um, Fist of the Tiger Something Dragon. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's a very like serious movie. Um, and <laughs> he he like inserts himself as the main character, uh, does very silly voices, uh, dubbing over. Actually, that might have been like the inspiration for the poorly dubs. I don't I don't know. Uh, like just subconsciously, uh, cause like he dubs most of the characters over himself and what they say is ludicrous. It's ridiculous, but it's so very, good. very funny. Uh, aside, aside from that, like, I can't really think of any other movies that like come to mind immediately that I'm just like, oh man, this, you know, um, 
But I'm I'm a I'm a huge. We actually just watched uh, the movie The Other Guys, starring Will Ferrell and um, Mark Wahlberg. And it it's such a it's such a such a delightfully awkward movie because like it's it's actually really good and I hate Mark Wahlberg so it's <laughs> saying something like it it's it's it knows how to utilize awkward moments well because it's like my sister and I would just look at each other during an awkward moment and just laugh our asses off because it's like okay they knew how awkward that was like it, there there are a lot of movies like um, The Room for example where it's like. Uh, it, it's funny because it's not meant to be funny. <laughs> like, it's meant to be very serious. Um, and whenever it is meant to be funny, it, like, is very awkward. But this was a movie that was just r- awkward in all the right places to the point where, like, they meant it to be funny, and it was. And, like, I, I always appreciate humor like that. I think that I'm, I'm a huge guy who's... I'm a guy who's huge into puns, dad jokes, stuff like that. I, I, I lo- It's my bread and butter. <laughs> Well, I hope you keep coming on this podcast thing because I have tons of dad jokes for <laughs> Hell you. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you a little bit of homework then since I'm going to awkwardly put you on the spot and tell you you're a recurring guest. Okay. So <laughs> when you come back on again, uh, there's a movie. I don't know how much you like Andy Samberg, but uh, I love his dry, kind of awkward humor. I, I've never really watched anything with him. Like, I, I do think he's a funny guy. Like, I but I've I've never right. really watched like The Lonely Island or you know stuff like that. Stuff that he's been in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like, I, I I haven't had the pleasure of watching those yet. But I'm sure that like I find it hilarious. <laughs> he's he's a funny he guy. Ha- he has a, a a comedy movie that came out. God, it's probably ten years old at this point. Called Hot Rod, uh, where he it 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 flopped. Nobody's seen it. But literally. Uh, <laughs> One of my closest friends in college, we sat and would watch it for weeks at a time and just have it on repeat. And people come in like, hey, what are you guys watching? We're watching Hot Rod. You want to join us? And we got our whole fraternity to eventually watch it within like two weeks because we just <laughs> loved it so much. We had it on repeat and just hung out and watched it in his room nonstop. <laughs> it's so dumb and the humor is so random, but sweet, but obscure at the same time it's so hard yeah, to describe I, it's i i think i i recommend it i think i know what you're talking about and i i do appreciate humor like that I, like i appreciate almost all kinds of humor only when they're done right because there are certain people who like think they can do comedy like that because you you have to have charm um and there's certain comedians out there yeah. who's just like they don't really have a lot like the things that they say are funny but they don't have the charm to like back it up and like that's that's unfortunate um Okay, uh, one more movie question then. Uh, favorite guilty pleasure movie? Oh, God, favorite guilty pleasure movie? <laughs> the Room, <laughs> probably, <laughs> with uh, Tommy Wiseau. Um, I started getting... Uh, when he started getting like a little bit more famous again, like I want to say last year. Yeah, last year. Uh, I was super into The Room. Like I, I watched it the first time last year, and I'm like, I hate this movie. I hate it so much. It's so stupid. It's so boring. Everything is awful in this movie. Then I watched it again. <laughs> then I watched it a third time. <laughs> then I played the video game based on the movie. And it's just like, man, okay, I can't hate this movie. <laughs> I've watched it way too many times for me to say that I hate this movie. I, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. It's so awkward, but it's really funny. Um, and, you know, I, like, I, I do respect it. I respect for what it tried to be. I don't really respect Tommy Wiseau as a film director or creator, but, uh, like, the, the whole aspect of wanting to make a movie or, and wanting to do a passion project is something I wholeheartedly respect, and, like, I, I can get behind that 100%. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you mine. Mine's not as funny. Uh <laughs> P- the movie P.S. I Love You with uh, Gerard Butler. He's so I don't remember who the actress is, but he dies and leaves her all these notes around. Oh, Meg Ryan. And she goes, and f- yes, maybe. I, maybe. I think you're right. I just remember every time she, she reads those and she gets to the last line and it was always P.S. I Love You. I just be craw- crying like a baby <laughs> every time. And that was like one of those movies I like when I need to go cry. I'm like, yeah, no one's around. Absolutely, I'm gonna watch P.S. I Love You and cry a lot. So, <laughs> I need a, I need a. That was my cry good right cry now. movie for a very long time. I think, I think we all have one. I, we were talking about it earlier, but I think Coco is that for me. Like that's my good like, 
oh, and like I'm just singing the songs at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's just so good all around, oh, though. Yeah. Like that's just such a beautiful movie. All right, so we'll we'll do a few more uh, video game ones, kind of get this a little back on track. Sure, and, uh, sure. <laughs> then we'll end it there. Okay. So what's a video game series that you would like to cover or talk about more, but it doesn't really necessarily fit with your channel? Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> uh, not that it doesn't fit with my channel. Okay. I feel like that's not fair because I could I could cover those games. Uh, the thing is, like I did the first Metal Gear Solid, uh, as in everything wrong with, and um, actually I, I probably would not have gotten into that series or Kingdom Hearts if it hadn't been for the everything wrong with, uh, because people like suggested like oh you should cover this, uh, and I'm like okay, and then I I got the games, I played through them, I loved them. Um, when I did the video on the first Metal Gear Solid game. Um, no, I didn't have a thumbnail prepared, so that that's a game. That's a video that still doesn't have a thumbnail, a proper one. Um, Konami copyright claimed it, so automatically it like tanked. Um, like there was no ad revenue, there was like nothing, so people didn't really get a whole lot of exposure to it. Uh, and that's why I hesitate to like cover the rest of the series because I'm like I don't know if people like I'm sh- there. There are a lot of Metal Gear Solid fans, but I don't know how interested they'd be in watching one of my videos. So I would love to do that more, um, but. There are a lot of video. I feel like Pokemon is actually something that I'd love to talk about more on on the uh, the channel, but because of how different my content is and how it's mostly focused around like voice acted cutscenes, I'm not able to. Um, I actually did a video with Tetrabit Gaming and D-Pad Gamer. This was like shortly after uh, Minus World was made, so I didn't really know them all too well. But I figured like, oh, these guys know like glitches and stuff. Um, I'll have them on for that since I'll, I'll be using glitches up the ass for this video. Um, and th- like that got me a little bit closer to them. It got me a little bit to know them a little bit better. Uh, not a whole lot. We didn't really talk too much during the production of it. But like I, I understood their sense of humor a lot better. And... Um, you know, that video didn't really do too well, despite its length. I love that video, personally. I think it's a it's a really well-put-together video, but um, a, a, just a lot of, like, older games. Uh, I don't know, Pokemon. I'm trying to think. Uh, the Legend of Zelda is probably a game series I, w- I wouldn't be able to really cover on on uh, everything wrong with, mostly because they're not voice-acted, but, you know, I want to get into them. I've never played a Zelda game before, but I own most of the main series. Uh I just haven't had a reason to really sit down and play them because I can't really do anything with it. I guess I could stream it, but I don't know. I, I would definitely love a good Zelda stream. I actually don't think I've ever watched one. I don't see a lot of uh, people doing them. Hey. I guess if I searched it. But yeah, um, <laughs> I want to go back to uh, Metal, Metal Gear Solid. Um, I love the series. And uh, we'll just touch on this briefly. But how much do you know about like the history of the character and the creation of it? Do you know a lot like, about it, or are you just like kind of real fan? real life, or like why why Snake looks and was how he was? Yeah, no, I I am a little well versed in it. I haven't played five yet, but um, I I know most of it. Do you know uh, that uh, he was based off of Snake Plissken from uh, Escape from New Escape York. from L.A.? Oh, yeah, yeah and it was, was it L.A.? Uh, w- w- Escape from somewhere? Escape from a major city? There, there was L.A. New York. Okay. He's in both. Okay, I believe. 80s action movies and that was um oh goodness i'm blanking on his name now um Um, guy who does them in silent hill it was like his love letter to american uh late 80s early 90s american action movies and how they were like over the top and awesome mm -hmm. and if you follow the games as america and not to get too political you know like the first few episodes of my podcast but right (laughs) as america has kind of become more of a a villain and uh uh you know, a less desirable place, you can see the tone of the game shift, too, to be a little more cynical and serious, and mm-hmm. Snake also kind of become more, you know, that way. dirty. And, and, like, the last few games he did, it, like, almost like he hated the character at that point mm-hmm. because his opinion on, you know, what if it originally was a love letter had changed so much over the years. And if ever had a chance to do a podcast about it I would, or an episode about it I would love to um, the stories are incredibly complex and they confuse me 
Right. But the psychology of it, I think, is something that can really be broken that, down. Yeah, that, that that's what I love about them, too. Like, I, I often say that my favorite movie is Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> it's because it has yeah. so, so many cutscenes. but like it, So much. It, it, it's my favorite in the series because it just wraps everything so well together. And, like, I realize that, like, on its own, you couldn't make sense of the story because, like, there's so... It depends... It's so dependent on, like, characters from the other games, but... It's just it brings everything together so well, <laughs> and I, I I love stories like that. It reminds me I did an episode with uh, D-Pad about uh, Dark Souls lore, mm-hmm. and I remember trying to prepare for that and like my brain melting because it doesn't <laughs> make any goddamn sense. And that's kind of I used to sit and watch uh, when I had a lot more free time. Like there's I don't remember the channel, and I feel really bad, and I should look it up later, give him credit. But they break down the whole series and everything, and they like take little clips from each one and help tell the story. That's awesome. And it's so good. So to, I guess to wrap it up, uh, where can people find you on the internet? If you look anywhere online, if you look up Charri5, C-H-A-R-R, three eyes and a five, that's, you know, a mouthful to say, but, you know, if, if you look up, uh, that, or if you just look up the guy that does everything wrong with videos, I'm I'm among one of the top five, I want to say. <laughs> but yeah, but any, anything with uh, Char I Five in the name, that's that's me. Except for that one dude who took my name for his Roblox account. That's not me. I don't play Roblox, but there was there was a kid who did that. I guess that's weird. But like I'm I'm on that's tw- weird. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, YouTube, obviously. I'm trying to think of like other social medias that I use. Uh, Twitch. Um, I'm not on Facebook. You know, you can't find me on Facebook. But um, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Those are my four main ones. Um, th- those are the things I do stuff on. That you can absolutely find me there. And yeah, that's that's how you can find me out. Um, you can see other projects I'm in. You can look up Nathaniel Bandy's stuff I've been in. Uh, you know, the Minus World Channel. I've been on Nintendrew's channel a couple times. Nintendrew, who that's who I was missing. Drew's oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm so sorry. He's incredibly charming. He's incre- he's like he's so good. He's like such a great friend. In fact, like he and I share such so much of our sense of humor. Like I I got to meet him in person last year and he and I are just so similar in terms of sense of humor that he's he's a fantastic guy. He's very sweet, very lovely, very interesting person. Uh very successful. I I I love Drew. Um, but anyway, like I've, I've been on his stuff too. Um, and yeah, you know, like pretty much that, that, that's, that's about it. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, I'm at Brock holiday 11 holiday with two L's on Twitter. And I also pop up on the venture brothers podcast every once in a while on the after the hype network. So absolutely check that out. All right, man. It's been awesome. All right, everybody oh, be you. good people. Stay safe and stay awesome. Everybody.